All right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast bonus vodcast. We put the audio up, but it's uh, basically a video. Barrett Antar Goodwin, musician in Philadelphia. Hello, my friend. Hey, how are you, sir? I am, I'm annoyed, I'll tell you in a second. I'm Nathan Timmel, comedian in Iowa. The reason I'm annoyed is um, everyone's experienced this. It's very stupid, but yesterday I think I woke up and I went, eh, okay, my hair is getting a little long. It's okay. And then today I woke up and I'm like, holy shit, I need a haircut. And so I'm like, all right, I'll just wear a hat on the podcast. And you put a hat on and it's like, oh yeah, then all I have is shadow right here. So I have... I'm annoyed by my, where did I need this haircut? Like this poofy, like just out of control. No, you could wear your hat backwards. I actually did that for a half a second. <laughs> went, oh, I could. Oh, no, I can't. I'm not. I'm not 12. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a no go. So it's, it's yeah. either the shade or the 12 year old or the I'll just stick with the poofy as possible. Yeah. So it can be distracting as possible so there we go um that's perfect yeah anyway so much to talk about today my friend interestingly because um anybody joining us for the first time barrett and i have known each other for more years than should be legal and we just jump right into conversations because we know where we're going kind Mm -hmm. of just through like old married couple osmosis and uh past few episodes we've been talking to talking religion we talked to an atheist then we talked to a christian then we talked to someone that's fluid in between and i told barrett i said it'd be interesting if you and i on the next one talked about forgiveness yes and today we are recording on wednesday january 6th when all hell broke loose in the capitol and no, it was interesting because there's going to need to be a lot of forgiveness <laughs> to heal this country. I don't want yeah. to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we're so, so good at that in this country, so it's going to be yes. awesome. So maybe we can talk <laughs> about that, but I thought it might be easier, more interesting if we kept the stories personal and then maybe mm-hmm. grew them. and Or maybe just by being personal, we can talk about forgiveness in general. And uh, maybe maybe it'll, like I said, lead to to overall not a solution for what's going on, but instead of just trying mm-hmm. to attack a problem that is out of our control, because that that that's all my Facebook feed was today was people that were angry and anguished and and how could this happen? I thought how could this happen was the most interesting one. I'm like this is this is the path we've been on for four years, I or even longer. I I was not surprised at all by today. I wasn't upset. I was just like oh yeah that, okay this is when it happened. Who had uh, January? It was like a pregnancy calendar where you bet on the due date of the right. baby. <laughs> <laughs> What's the over under on the whites revolting? <laughs> yes. <laughs> man, I wish I had placed a pool. I wish I had placed a bet with my friends, man. I could have made some money. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed today, but it would have been, it would have been, I would have guessed before, I would have said between January 10 and January 20, probably. Yeah. If I, I had to, gone, if I had a ten day window, you know what I mean, right? But, 
I probably would have gone on with inauguration day. It's it's probably yeah. too popular. This it makes sense that today is a good day, the certificate certification day. But uh, if if because I'm not smart and didn't see this coming at today, I saw it coming. But I probably would have gone with the inauguration, and who knows, yeah. it could still happen. Um, one quick aside, and I thought this was really fascinating, and no one else did <laughs> because I, I I wrote a status on Facebook. And just put it out there like, I, th this is fascinating to me and not a single response. Um, I was scrolling <laughs> through Facebook, as I said, and seeing all the people saying, this is outrageous. This is, I'm, I'm crying. I can't believe this happening. I'm angry. How did the, the spectrum of emotions. And what I noticed was as I'm scrolling, as I'm seeing this spectrum of emotions, I'm also every other post seeing, Hey, fatty, uh, buy this treadmill, work out at home. I'm getting advertising. And I thought the juxtaposition was just fantastic and fascinating because it's still a for-profit corporate website. We are still, we are the product they're trying to sell to us. And I had the thought, what if we had had Facebook on 9-11? We would have this massive outpouring of grief but there would still be ads trying to get our credit card numbers in between people expressing their emotions. And I, I, like I said, I thought that was just interesting and no one else seemed to, they, they seemed too wrapped up in what was happening. Maybe I take a yeah, step back too quickly. They're too busy looking at the cheese to see the trap. <laughs> <laughs> that could be it. Well, let's talk forgiveness. Um, told you, I asked you, I said, hey, can you think of a couple personal stories? And you said, oh, I, I can. Mm -hmm. I think I have two. Well, let me ask you a question. How, how, yes, do, you, how do you feel you do with forgiveness? Oh, boy. Recently, good. Historically, terribly. Fair enough. I am sort of the same, but different in the sense that I don't know if I need to forgive a lot because I don't think I blame. And one of the things that I was going to bring up is why I, 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 I don't remember when it happened. I was an adult. So I don't remember if it was my 20s or 30s because my, my wife gets mad at me. My daughter is eight years old, but I can't remember her birth year because once it's yesterday, it just becomes a fog up here. So I can remember events. I just don't know when they took place. Um, quick recap of my life for anybody that doesn't know me. You know all this, Barrett. Parents should have never been married. They were dating. My mom wasn't sure about my dad, but then she got pregnant. So I sort of sealed the deal. Um, and unhappy marriage more details than I should go into, into <laughs> the other week we talked about uh, relationships and uh, I kept saying, I'm not going to go into detail. And then I remembered, I, I texted you and said, Hey, we got to jump back on. We never hoard ourselves. So I jumped back on and, and, and posted your Katie Henry band uh, and, and website and your website. And I said, every time I said, I'm not going to go into detail. I've already gone into detail Buy my book. So <laughs> I'm going to do that again. I'm going to, I'm going to talk broadly uh, about a certain subject. And if you want the specifics, buy my book anyway. Um, so my childhood, my life, 
and I don't know if this is in the book. It probably is. There was at one point in my adulthood, and I do not remember what the spark was that caused this fire, but I remember my mother. We're at her house in Madison, Wisconsin. We're, we're at her house and she is sobbing. She is just crying. And she kept saying, please forgive me. I did the best I could as a mother. Your father and I tried. I tried my hardest. I didn't raise you the way I wanted to. I could have been a better mother. And I just stood there or sat there or just listened to her. And I kept thinking in my head. And I told her this. I said, I, I don't have anything to forgive you for. I don't blame you for anything. I know you did the best you could. I, didn't, I never thought you went in with malicious intent toward raising me. And she seemed to like that, but she also seemed, I think, to need to get it off her chest where she asked for forgiveness, where she wanted to own up to what she perceived, not my perception, what she perceived as her failings as a mother. And I have carried that attitude with me since then, that I do my best not to blame. I don't really forgive. I do, in a way, make note. I just sort of like, oh, that person did that. Interesting. Noted. I'll just make note of that. I don't get angry or vindictive. I just sort of it makes a check marks in my box. Like even the other week when we talked about relationships and talk about Judy who, you know, cheated on dumped, I didn't blame her for what she did. She, I, did, I wasn't happy about it. it. It fucking destroyed me. But on some instinctive level, I'm like, I, I knew not to, she was just doing what she thought was right. It, in my opinion, it wasn't right, but, and, and we can wrap this around to today as, as misguided and outright stupid as I think the people in Washington are, what they did today, they were doing it because they believed they were trying to help the country. They want, the, there was a woman that got shot and killed today and oh, she died. She died. And when I, this is going to get me canceled. Someone's going to pull this clip out of context and say, Nathan Timmel's an asshole. When I heard she died, I had no emotional response. I was just like, eh, okay. I mean, not because, not that I was supposed to like, oh my God, this woman died. But I did have the thought that's someone's daughter. Like someone has pictures of her and is going to mourn her. And I try and reconcile the apathy I felt. Okay, well, she put herself in a stupid situation. She believes stupid things. I, I try and reconcile those thoughts with the, she just, this is what she believes and she wants for America as wrong as I think that is. Someone loves her. Someone loves her. And, and I get, it gets messy. So I have this apathy that I try and mix with understanding and somewhere in there, I try not to blame so that I also don't have to forgive. And I'm not sure if any of that makes sense. And I'm not sure if any, if it's appropriate but it seems to be how I'm wired. Do you have any thoughts or would you like to jump off here and talk about your perception of forgiveness and or how you develop and grow and treat it? Either path is fine. Well, I keep getting distracted because I see myself over here in the corner 
and I look like I'm spilling my heart out to you about forgiveness and you're looking at your baggy eyes. I look like death warmed over, man. Good <laughs> Lord. Um, no, I, I heard everything you said. Just the last minute I saw my, I feel like I need a fucking sickle on a cloak. Walk around. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I have a lot to say about forgiveness, I suppose. When it comes to what happened today, I'll work backwards, mm -hmm. right? When it comes to today, this, I think what happened is, this is the way, when you and I talk about this stuff and we come to the conclusion that racism hurts white people too, this is how it hurts white people because it has filled them with those particular people with a belief system that makes them predisposed to believing certain kinds of things. And some of the stuff I heard today, I heard a person who was standing next to that woman, I suppose, or somehow her claim to be whatever, said, well, we broke the windows with the flagpoles. And then when we were crawling through, they shot her. And he was shocked. Yeah, and that's and I was like, you're breaking into a federal building full of federal full of senators or whatever, and you're breaking in, yelling and screaming, and they shot you. What were they supposed to do? And then I talked to a friend of mine today who was there, who one of his friends was there, and he thought his friend was going to go whatever, make fun of these people because uh, he's my friend's an asshole liberal and yeah and it turned out his friend's going to support trump and them you know because he's an asshole trumpy <laughs> right? so hmm. uh he maybe he's not an asshole maybe he's perfectly nice i don't know this guy but what my friend said he was shocked that that was why his friend was going but he said what was interesting is his friend when the cops were pepper spraying him and stuff his friend was like he was like what are you doing why are you doing this to us? We're on your side. Like, what do you, that's what they were saying to the cops. Like, as if, now again, I'm not a mind reader, but it sounds as if what he was saying was, we're one, you're one of us. What are you doing? And when I watched them bum rush those cops, I was like, what happened to Blue Lives Matter? Yeah. Where was all that today? Where was all that Blue Lives Matter today? Like, well, if Blue Lives just, Matter, if you should just listen, if they just listened, they wouldn't get shot. Yeah. And you know what happened? These people didn't listen, and a woman got shot. And I think that's horrible because I don't think it should have gone down that way. One, I think they should have been using rubber bullets at best, like at most. Maybe. Maybe Except outside it's the place where all the senators are. Well, it's like these are the people who run the country. Like, like if you, like everybody acts like this is unprecedented, but like in the late sixties, early seventies, Bobby Seal and a handful of Black Panthers were using their Second Amendment rights to walk around with their AK forty sevens. Yeah, and they were marching in Washington, and they walked into like the Capitol building or one of the buildings, and they happened to walk into a room where there were a bunch of like senators or congressmen or something like that. And that made it a crime, right? 
Like what they were doing up until that point, it was perfectly legal. But the minute they walked in that particular room, it actually became illegal. And they went to jail for a long time. And it was, they had no intention of doing anything. And it was just like, whatever. And today we're watching people get shot for what they called a peaceful protest when they're storming barricades and kicking in doors and breaking windows. They called that a peaceful protest. And I was like, that's like, there's a sense of like, when we talk about the idea of privilege, that's a weird thing to think that that's okay. Well, Do you know what I mean? So to not to see unpack. the irony in that. It's, it's, it's weird to me. There's, there's yeah. more irony than we should be able to unpack because not only the what happened to Blue Lives Matter, but these are also the same people that over the summer of, of 2020 were screaming about Black Lives Matter protesters saying, shoot them, uh, you know, screaming the right. exact opposite. They're out there protesting, so they should be shot. Fuck them. These right. are the same people screaming uh, that. Exactly. And, 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 they, and, and it, this is what I mean when I say the racism affects them in a way that's almost, it's not worse, but it's almost worse. Like at this point, right, psychologically, I would say that the delusion that white people, not all white people, obviously, like have, because like for years, black people believed that stuff was true too, right? So, but then we came to the point where we realized it was a delusion that you guys, not you guys, but you know what I mean? We came to the point where we realized it was a delusion and it was ridiculous and that we're absolutely human and this is absurd. And so lots of things happened and shifted and changed. But there's a point at which when we talk about the idea of privilege, it's not meaning things like all white people get a check in the mail. It means it's this idea that somehow your beliefs are correct at all times. Right. Right. Even when contradictory. Right. Even when, and I'm not saying that black people don't do the same thing because we were raised in the same system. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like we had faulty beliefs about ourselves and you guys had faulty beliefs about yourselves. And over the last handful of years, we've all come to different kinds of reckonings. You know what I mean? Personally, publicly, privately, as groups, as individuals, whatever, like things have started to come out and, 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 and groups have evolved since these times when these original ideas were put in place. But the way that things grew out of them, there's just like a real, it's like real problematic. Like, like because what you said earlier is really true. Like everybody's convinced that they're right. Yeah. Like everybody's convinced that what they're doing is right. Like those people believe that what they're doing is for the best of the country. They don't understand that really they're being guided by a warped sense of of what I would argue is shame and and real obvious psychology, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That leads them towards beliefs that are so self-serving that it's unfucking believable, right? And I would argue that the same is probably true for 
all people. Do you know what I mean? We all function like, and this will tie right into the forgiveness thing. I'll, I'll go right to it, right? You, whatever mental leap I just made in my head, you guys will have to make with me in a second after Nathan says what's on his mind. Well, before we get too far away from it, I do, because I don't want this to get lost. I've been listening to you, but obsessing at the same time, because I really want to get this out there. When you said, um, made the passing comment about white people getting checks, that's the Jews. <laughs> You're an ass. That'll get me canceled. <laughs> anyway. An <laughs> um, and the, but here's the thing. Here's, here's what I'll, I'll tie it into the forgiveness thing. And you guys will just have to make the leap from what I was talking about to where I am right now and just follow the, the bullet train in my head that goes from thought to thought. At I least largely, that sounds linear. Mine's a pinball machine. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, mine's one. You know, the, it's not even that. You ever see those fairgrounds where there's like a border with a bunch of nails in and a piece of yeah, plexiglass yeah, 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 and yeah. you drop the marble in it? And yeah. you just, Pachinko? Right, it's like, Something like that. I don't know, but something like, like that. No, that's yeah, a boxer. It's, mm. it's something like that. Um, but like, I'm, I, I, I'm largely guided by, like, I feel oftentimes like a slave to my past. Yeah. In the sense that, you know, like, like when you talk about with your parents and stuff, you know, like my fundamental ideas of relationships were, were based on how I saw my parents interact. My fundamental ideas of friendship and value were based on things that I got rewarded at or chastised for. My sense of values were basically what I got rewarded or chastised for. That's how they got imprinted in me. They weren't like, like we're pre-wired for language, but we're also pre-wired to be part of a community. And if that community is your family and your family is dysfunctional, your brain, you get wired to be part of that, right? Like we're not pre-wired to know English. You're just pre-wired for language, right? So if we just dropped you in the middle of Japan when you were born, you would learn Japanese and you would just learn it the same way you learned English. And it'd be no big deal. It's not like you're pre-wired, like to a certain degree, right? If you take an Eskimo child or Inuit, there is not the proper term now. Yeah, right? Eskimo is going to get us canceled too. Right. right. If this you is the cancel podcast. Inuit, we'll say everything incorrect and be canceled. <laughs> but if you take an Inuit child and, and took it to Mexico, it would have a horrible childhood because it would just be so hot all the time because it's biologically designed to be in the cold after many, many, multiple generations of living in cold. It, you know, it, it is selected for that, right? But in a in a in a language or a mental sounds sense, like you're getting dangerously like close to Jimmy the Greek saying that black people make better. Athletes. I know. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, the proof yeah. is actually there. Not hockey. No, but what I what what I mean is that like that like there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Like that's like a, a real thing, right? Like people who who live all like the reason why like half the African-Americans I know are lactose intolerant, but won't admit it, but they just are, is because just for tens of thousands of years, we just didn't eat that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? This dairy wasn't necessarily a part of our diet in that way. Right? I'll do you, a I'll do you the same I mean, thing. Like, I, I don't think that's racist. 
I'll do you the, it also the, may not be true what I just said, but it could not okay. be. But most of the black people I know, you included, uh, use the exact same references you did with the Inuits. You have always hated the cold, whereas I've never Absolutely. minded. I have Viking, honky, yeah. Nordic blood in my system, whereas yeah. like I kind of like yeah, winter. I can't stand it. Yeah, and you hate it. Yeah, I don't. Like I don't it. know if that's I, a white I, black I, thing. I don't know if that's an African Northern Europe thing. Uh, and if we suggest yeah. it is, then we get shouted down because everybody's equal and everybody. Right. Absolutely. Is, is yeah. yeah. Well, all right. well, let's get well, let's get back to safer territory. About those Jews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good thing you caught me after the drink. <laughs> Uh, I actually talked to one of my Orthodox friends today. It's so great to catch. He's a fucking fantastic dude. He's a great guy. He built some of my favorite guitars. He's just an amazing guy. And I talked to him today. And it was really cool to talk to him. Anyway, as I was saying, before you should I say I have a Jewish friend too? (laughs) Now, white people always talk about their black friend. This is the (laughs) first time I've heard a black person talk about their (laughs) other friend. No, everything I, mean, I said is okay. No, I don't even think that. I mean, I think that he would think what I said was actually kind of funny, like because he, he doesn't just joking. It's like oh, it's I, jokes, baby. He's just jokes. Eddie's just joking, baby. <laughs> but, um, okay, forgiveness. Uh, Don Henley has okay, been thinking about so, it. <laughs> you're funny. So if we're if we're pre-wired for community and the community is our dysfunctional family and that's how we get our brains just wire around that, right? Our values and all that stuff, right? In one way, shape or form, it's a response or reaction to the way we were raised, right? To a degree. Again, what the fuck do I know, right? But it would explain it my apathy, but continue. But my, my, my thing is that like, if I think about all the traumatic things that happened in my life when I was at an age in which I would have believed in Santa Claus, so those things would have seemed true to me, right? Whatever dysfunctional shit I learned from teachers or parents or friends or whatever, I believed it in the same way that you would have believed in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy. You know what I mean? And yet, but at a certain point in my life, people told me that Santa Claus wasn't real, the Easter Bunny wasn't real, and that the tooth fairy was was my parents, right? And I was like, okay, cool, got it. But no, but they didn't come along and correct these other things that I believed. And I continued to believe them for a long time because there was no contradiction. Not only was there no contradiction, there was social proof that it was a reasonable way to be. And that's not anyone else's responsibility. That's my responsibility ultimately after a certain standpoint, it's my responsibility to deal with myself, right? But in order to do that, I had to forgive myself for not seeing it sooner and doing something about it sooner. And I couldn't figure out how to do that. Like I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't figure out how to let myself off the hook. And then one day I realized that in order to hold on to the resentment that I held against the people for doing what it is that they did and or didn't do, I had to hold on to the effects of that resentment, right? 
like what they did, right? So in order for me to be pissed off at my second grade teacher for doing a bunch of like what I perceived at that age as really racist shit to me, still do ultimately, but like I have to then let what she did affect my life in a negative way in order to hold on to the resentment. Does that make sense? It does. And it, I, I have two thoughts. One I want to talk about, one I haven't digested because obviously I'm listening to you and I'm making it selfish. I'm thinking about me because it's that's it. what people that's do. That's what but, we do. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm, everything you're saying makes so much sense. And it, it, it wraps around to my childhood, which was a series of, of movements. Oh, I'm going to live here. I'm going to make a bunch of friends. Oh, my dad's going to get fired. We're going to move. I'm going to lose all those friends. So we're going to live here for a year. I'm going to make a bunch of friends. And both my parents said this to me when I, when I talked to them when I was in therapy and I talked about my life and they weren't talking, they still don't talk to one another. Um, they independent. Like they, don't, they don't talk at all. No, no. My dad still blames my mom for everything. Um, it's he been a new woman that he loves. Yeah, I, I don't even go there. Um, <laughs> um, we'll unpack that another day. Yeah. Um, independent of one another, they both told me that I changed in seventh grade because that was the one move too many that I was always a happy, gregarious, outgoing kid. And when we did that final move in seventh grade, I just shut down. It was all right, I'm done. I, I've met and lost every friend I've ever made. And that became internalized that if you make friends, you lose them. And that would explain my understanding and what I call apathy toward other people where Oh, you did this really shitty thing. Well, I don't blame you. You're just human. That's what humans do. Humans are shitty. So I don't have to forgive you because I don't blame you. And listening to you, now I'm wondering what's fucked up in here that I don't want to confront in myself so that I don't have to forgive myself because that seems more difficult than just letting myself off the hook by going, eh, I don't blame me for anything because I had a shitty childhood. I don't think that's what I do. I think I'm very hard on myself, but you've challenged me and I don't really know. I don't have an answer, but I, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and we, we can circle back to this because um, I won't let myself off the hook here. If you want to challenge me, go right ahead. But talking about formative years and childhood, I had, I I've seen over the past few weeks, especially as we had, as we're in winter now, uh, the summer was easier for, for quarantine and COVID, but a lot of people talking about how, oh, what is this doing to the kids? Oh, our kids are being destroyed. I can't. And I read these posts and I'm a dick, but I look at them and I go, you're doing that to your kids though. If you're being neurotic and, and not handling COVID well, then they're not going to handle it well because my kids yeah. are fine. I mean, yeah, this is when, life to them. Exactly. It's, it's just like, you got to put on a mask. So they put on a mask. Yeah, they literally know. told them yeah. it's a disease. It'll go away. We're going to get a shot. They're working on it. But since the beginning, when it happened, it was, this is how you adjust. And I knew that from being old and aware and reading books and understanding the world around me, because 
I, you talk to people that lost siblings and this, this is horrible. What I'm going to say, I, I've never had it happen. It, you, you read about like a, a five-year-old that lost their seven-year-old brother or sister. And they say, and you say, Oh my God, that must have been heartbreaking to destroy you. And they're like, no, it just, just, they were there and they were gone. And I was sad and I didn't understand it, but you know, you, you pivot and you react how your parents are reacting. If your parents grieve in private, but try and raise you to be loving and don't take it out on you. And I mean, kids can adapt to anything. Kids can they, they kids say, um, adaptable. yeah, here, one more example, then I'll shut up because this is better than a, a sibling, uh, that horrible thing I said. I, I read someone talking about how awful it was that they do shooter drills in school. Oh, these kids, what are we doing to the kids with shooter drills? And the first thing I thought of was, well, when I was a kid, we had uh, Cold War drills where you got under the desk and put your hands over your head because that was going to save you from nuclear holocaust. But we also mm. had fire drills and tornado drills. And it's called preparation. And if you tell a kid, hey, this bad thing happens, this is how we prepare for it. That's one thing. If you, oh my God, this thing happens. You pre that is what will instill fear. Not the act, but how you present it. Because a school shooter is scary and horrible and awful, but so is a tornado and so is a school being on fire. A drill is a drill is a drill. And how you approach kids with information is how they will absorb it. So anyone posting that, oh, we're destroying kids makes me say, you're destroying your kid. If you are not handling it well, you're going to push that onto your kid. Kids are malleable. All right, take everything I've said and run with it. Me being an apathetic asshole, me uh, letting myself, anything you want, or just talk about anything you want to as far as forgiveness. And do you, well, I mean, I wonder, like in your case, I don't know, but what I, I guess my question would be, well, here's what I'll say. In my case, I understand I guess what I know about myself is that I, I am the, I, I, I say that like I'm the greatest mystery I've ever come across because I don't understand myself at all. I understand other people, but that just sounds obnoxious when it sounds like that. But what? A, but it's not even that. It's more like it's not even I'm the greatest mystery. It's more like at the end of the day, if you gave me an exact itinerary of your life. I could tell you how to live it better, you know, probably because I can see you objectively. And if I like, if I gave you the same access to my life, I give you a hundred percent access to my life. Well, let's say you just lived. If you could magically live my life for two weeks, you could come back and be like, okay, dude, here's what you need to do. You know what I mean? Cause you could objectively come in with no, no preconceived notions of anything and be like, okay, here's what we got to do. And, I feel like I can be aware of all those things and I can get myself to do a lot of them sometimes, but there are certain things I just can't get myself to do efficiently or effectively. And I don't know why I do know that it's like, I do know sometimes what the causal agent is. Oh, it's because in fifth grade, this girl kicked me in the nuts while wham was playing or something and so every time i hear george michael 
my nuts hurt. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> but Do you like, know where you got that from? Well, no. That was our visit to the Scientology Center. Uh, <laughs> is that what you said? No, 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 no. Oh. Just, okay, quick side story. To, oh, wow, when well, they talked about the football player. Yes. Okay. Yes. So. Okay. Right. 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 Yeah. So uh, but, Barrett but that and I is quickly, true, though. There's a there's a level of truth to that. Let me explain it to people that don't yeah. know what's going on because what yeah. you just did, but. <laughs> We we lived in Boston together, and there was a cute girl on Newberry Street that would stand there and say, "Do you want to take a personality <laughs> test?" And we're like, "We like cute girls, let's do it." And we didn't know it was Scientology. We didn't care. Um, I look at Scientology like I look at anything else. Like, you know, it, I don't understand the difference between it and Christianity and Judaism. And I anyway, that's just me. It's all. Um, so we go to take this, this test. Is, this and, show is just. This show is just going down the tubes for cancellation remarks. <laughs> hey, that was me being very inclusive to all religions. Really? That that wasn't you comparing Christianity and Judaism to Scientology. That what was, was me dismissing? Fair. <laughs> it was me dismissing, dismissing them equally. <laughs> right. Of course. <laughs> Well done, sir. <laughs> so anyway, the thing you just described, they showed us and it was like a bad, it was like, you know, the Simpsons, whenever they would show a, a reel to reel film in the classroom and it was, I'm Troy McClure. And this is what was <laughs> sketchy. They showed us this sketchy black and white reel to reel film. I don't even think it was in VHS. Did it, or was it real made by probably VHS? I don't know. I, but it was black and white and old. And like, it seems sketchy. And, um, and I don't mean sketchy, like oh, suspicious. I mean, poor quality. Yeah. Anyway, this football player gets hit. And as he's blacking out, someone says, he'll never walk again. And he wakes up in the hospital and goes, I can't walk. And so Scientology searched to the point where he heard, I'll never walk again and said, that's why you can't walk. And then he could walk. And so that's where you got your, okay, I got kicked right. in the nuts while listening to Wham. And if I can trace <laughs> to that, that's the first thing I thought of was our experience right. with Scientology. Absolutely. Was that film. I, so basically I, what I you're funny. saying is Scientology is real. Well, I mean, I think in that particular way, I don't think that it's, I, I don't know that it's that simple. Right, if I get kicked in the nuts while listening to Wham, every time I hear George Michael, my nuts hurt, right? Like, I think right. that's a bit of an oversimplification. But I do think that, like, if you hear certain messages repeatedly or get certain values beaten into you repeatedly as a child, not even beaten in, just you get it from all angles, you know, they grow up and they form belief systems which form, which help you form your personality, which help form all these things and your identity forms around these certain kinds of deficiencies almost. Do you know what I mean? Not like in certain me. ways, my, my, my personality formed around a certain kind of deficiency. And what I find fascinating is that like, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you look at them and you think, what are you fucking stupid? Like you could just do and just and blah, blah, blah. Right. Or, or not even, not, not always, obviously, but like we're so it's this is where the forgiveness part comes is I realize that I can be really quick to judge other people for not getting not overcoming their shortcomings and their deficiencies. But when it comes to mine, I think I have good reason not to be able to overcome mine, but they somehow should be able to overcome theirs. And it is through forgiving other people and realizing that they're just human, that I was able to circle back and forgive myself because the same judgments 
that I levy upon other people are the same ones that I judge myself by passively, right? Like this, I was actually talking to somebody about this just this afternoon. Like the... Was it your Jewish friend? It was my Jewish friend. (laughs) Um, I have one for dinner all the time. I don't because I don't keep kosher. So he won't come over. (laughs) Um, But... um, when you look at somebody that you respect, that is a real thing, how people earn your respect, right? But it's also how you earn your own respect, you know, right? Like if I look at a musician that I respect a lot and I don't do what they do, I, I don't earn my own respect, right? Whatever's the bare minimum it takes for me to respect someone, whatever that line is from I don't respect you to I do, I have to stay above that line also, or I actually don't respect myself. And when I don't respect myself, I treat myself as if I'm not worthy of things because I don't actually respect myself. And how do you treat people you don't respect, right? Like there's a certain way that I treat people that I don't respect because I'm kind of a dick. And I treat myself that way too when I'm not earning my own respect. And it becomes a vicious cycle because the more I treat myself that way, the harder it is for me to get up and earn my own respect. So it becomes this this cycle. And I found that by just kind of letting other people off the hook for all their shortcomings has allowed me to let myself off the hook which has then freed me to then go about the business of earning my own respect. Does that make sense? It's a bit circular, but. No, it's good. That's where I am. So that's what, that's forgiveness for me. That it means a lot because like, that's what I mean. Like I'm a judgmental fuck, you know what I mean? And I have been for years of my life, not because of any other reason other than just because it was the way I was, I don't say conditioned, but it was just the thing. It was just it's just what we did. Like everybody I know, super judgmental. We all sit around and talk shit about people all day. And and once I decided to not be party to that, it didn't stop it from going on in my head about me in the ways in which I would have done to other people too. It was just silent in my head. It was just more self-defeatist than it was, you know, it was the same kind of judgy bullshit. You know what I mean? I really had had to, and I'm still working on letting it go so I can really just not be a slave to my past. That it is forgiveness and gratitude that has allowed me to not be such a slave to my past. You know, really weird, weird thing, you know? Well, it, make, it makes me circle back to something you said earlier that you and I've talked about probably without recording more than we have talked in recording it because the the idea that At some point, I'm trying to phrase something you already said just differently, even though I don't need need to change it. But mm-hmm. at some point, you have to own up to your own actions and take responsibility for who you are and then move forward forward from there. And because otherwise, you're continually pointing fingers and laying blame. And I think that's something my kids do right now. And every time I see them do it, my son is hilarious because he will literally 
uh, be doing something. He, he, he does headstands and rolls places instead of walking. And if he rolls the wrong way and bumps into a wall, he goes, ah, stupid wall. You shouldn't have been there. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'll point out, buddy, you can't blame the wall for that. And, and I do that with my daughter. I can't. I can't like if, you, if, if, if you just blame people for everything, then you take no responsibility on your own shoulders. Like from the smallest, from bumping into a wall to the largest, which is anything. It can be anything. That guy cut me off in traffic. Fuck him. He, you know, I hate him because he did that on purpose. Guy was probably clueless. Probably had no clue. Ah, shit. I didn't realize I cut that guy off. Anything. When you, when you get in the pattern of blaming other people, then you take no responsibility. And I, don't want to blame anyone for anything. And I do want to take responsibility for my actions. And I don't want to be beholden. Like (laughs) this gets messy because I don't want to blame other people. I want to be responsible for my own actions. And I don't want to blame my childhood for who I am today. I want to overcome my past being humans, messy, Um, being an adult is messy. I mean, God's a sadistic comedian. If there is one. Yeah. Like this is like, it's a cruel and unusual thing to burden humans with the kind of neuroses that we're capable of, you know, mm-hmm. and the ways that we can be triggered and the ways in which our biology and psychology can be completely used against us to come circle back. You know what I mean? They can completely take our shortcomings and market them towards us in a way that is so detrimental and we can't help it. You know what I mean? Like the computers beat the best chess players easily these days. Easily they beat the AIs, whoop them, whoop the masters like it's nothing. We watched it happen. You and I watched the first computers lose and then we watched them win once. And I mean, like this happened in our lifetime. We watched computers lose to humans and... Yeah, I'm sure you remember the days where it was Big uh, Blue lost, right? Didn't yeah. Big Blue lose the deep. first time and then won the Deep Blue? Deep blue yeah. They, 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 I think yeah. Bobby Fischer might have even said a computer will never beat a human. And the, the scientists were like, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And now, and or those Casper same off. computers, but those, those same computers now work for Facebook yeah. and Instagram and YouTube and Google. And they're, you know what I mean? Like, come on, man, we don't have it. We're, we're done. Unless we can tell them to stop monetizing our weaknesses against us, we're done. Like, because I don't think we can beat the computer. You know what I mean? You can disengage, but once you engage, you're done. Like, you know, like you don't accidentally find yourself fucking flossing your teeth, but you accidentally find yourself scrolling through Facebook and Instagram all fucking day. You know what I mean? I used, to, <laughs> I used to have a joke somewhat similar to that that I'm trying to remember right now. It never really worked, so I never fleshed it up. It was the idea of uh, involved gaining weight, and it's like chocolate tastes good. You 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 never binge broccoli. You know, just like oh, I accidentally ate a whole thing of broccoli. I accidentally yeah. ate an entire candy bar, or you know, you or you just keep snacking on yeah, salty yeah. sweet treats taste good. There's a reason yeah. cauliflower sucks. Yeah, I mean, Ray Kroc monetized our biology against us. Dude, the start of McDonald's, you know, he just took our need for 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 empty carbs and sugar and shit yeah. and mashed it up and literally 
like weaponized <laughs> the food against us. Like, you know, I mean, this shit just tastes good. And you just, it's just what it does. Like, like even before all the additives and all the bullshit that they put in it, like go back to the McDonald's of our childhood. When it, when what they would consider bad back then would be considered organic today. They almost, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, it was like, you know, back when shit came in styrofoam and shit. You know I mean? Just, like, just the McDLT. You know? All right. Oh, that was so, so good. Holy shit. Those were so good. Um, yeah, my favorite was always <laughs> the quarter pounder. You know what I found out the other day? Completely ridiculous. That's Thousand Island dressing. No, that's the Big Mac. Yeah. The Big Mac. The Big it's Mac. Thousand Island dressing. Yeah. Anyway, I bought Thousand Island dressing at the store the other day, squirted it on my salad. I was like, holy shit, just like a fucking Big Mac. I was like, who knew? You know what I found <laughs> out? I thought this was fantastic. It was one of those, this is how stupid people are. Um, uh, was I think it was A&W. There was this thing circulating said that uh, years ago, A&W wanted to compete with McDonald's. So they came out with a, a third pound burger and people didn't like it because it sounded smaller than a quarter pound. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, we are just, we're lost cause. <laughs> oh, and people wonder why I want to leave this place. <laughs> but it's no different anywhere else. Oh, that's really not. not. It is different. They have their own problems, but they're not this. They're not these problems. Do you know what I mean? Like, like everybody has their own problems and every place is fucked up. But this place is fucked up the way it's fucked up. And it's like, when I go hang in other people's fucked up families, I think it's funny. Yeah. Like, right? <laughs> like, I go hang out. One of my friends got fucked up families. And I go hang out with them. And I think that shit is hilarious. I think their parents are a hoot, as they say. <laughs> Like you know, like because they're not my parents, so I can love them and think they're amazingly funny characters in a what would ultimately be a sitcom. You know what I mean? (laughs) Where the jokes just write themselves. You know what I mean? I watch it like, wow, what a crazy place to grow up. But not to me because I didn't grow up there. Exactly. You You can look at it from the outside. It it goes back to what you said with uh, if if you. lived in that life for two weeks, you could solve all their problems, but because you grew up there or whoever did grow up there, right. they're too ingrained in them. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem is I, I want to learn how to see, here's the thing, right? I have the distinct feeling that as much as I have these problems, my guess is that they're pretty garden variety that most people walk around with a head full of anxiety and neuroses and all kinds of things. And we've just habitualized the talk in our head to be super ordinary and normal. We just spend our days like this, it's just normal. And we don't think that that's weird. And we have our shortcomings and our things and we don't actually think that like, like we've just normalized. I don't wanna say normal, maybe it's, let me, let me make it personal, not put it on everybody else. I walk around most of the day with all kinds of kooky shit in my head, right? And that kooky shit in my head sometimes stops me from doing the things I need to do because it stands in the way of them. Like I stand in the way of them by the kooky shit I think. Here's the thing. There's a solution to that. Like I don't have to live the rest of my life like this. You know what I mean? Like there's a book, a person, a, a fucking hammer whack to the head, or whatever that can help me sort through this. Like, I don't have to just accept that whatever foolishness goes on in my head 
has to stay there. Like there's like, I don't have to stay a slave to my past because there are clearly people who've had it significantly worse than me that figured out how to uncouple them, how to see beyond how they grew up or see beyond the room they happen to be sitting in currently or see beyond the life they currently have to be able to create something new. There's plenty of people who've done that. And I've done that in many areas of my life, been able to see beyond whatever the current thing is. But in other ways, it become, it's difficult for me sometimes to see beyond what is immediately in front of me. It feels eternal, even though it may not be. It may be something that can be fixed or adjusted or recalibrated in me that will make it so that I don't see that particular thing as eternal. And I could, you know, it doesn't feel like a waste of time for me to try to tackle it. And I feel like there are solutions out there. The thing is that I'm only able to fill the holes I know I have. Like the gaps in my brain, I can fill those partially, but some of them I can't even see because my I have too many landmines around my own psychosis. Like, again, we tie it into the people from today. Like there are certain trigger things. There are certain things that trigger your self-defenses, right? And when we talk about, there's things that, that black people talk about all the time when it comes to dealing with white people and I'm sure white people have their things too. That, and I don't think it's a black white thing. I think it's just a thing because black people have their own triggers when it comes to black people, right? And one of like, there's certain things that when black people say it, there's a triggered automatic response, generally speaking from a white person, that is something, white people over a certain age because young people don't do it in the same way, right? But black people do those same things, right? Like if a black kid, if a young black child in a typical, grew up in the time period you and I grew up in, came and was listening to Motley Crue or something, people went, that's weird, you're black. And black people would almost shame that person into not doing that. Not all black people, obviously, right? But many ordinary black folks would shame that person, go, you're not black. In the same way, but white people do the same thing. White, I've heard, I, I've heard this a lot in my life. Like, oh my God, you're the whitest black person I know. And I'm like, why? Because my mother was an English teacher and a speech therapist, you know, because I speak this way and I have a diverse taste in music. Like that makes me white somehow, right? Like that we have these ideas and I think these ideas trap us unless we can move Plus, we can free ourselves from them in some way. I don't know. I'm losing my train of thought. You I, I was going to say, say. I, yeah, wish, I wish we could track where you started to where you I ended. I too, because I, I thought it was interesting, and then I lost it somewhere. Well, in there, it, it, it reminded me of the analogy earlier of the pachinko thing, where it was just sort of like all right, over it just, the, Yeah, it's like... Because where it started, that's... Yeah, I, I had a flash of a thought, but I'm not sure how to get back there. You had said that you you had the, the the thoughts in your head, the anxieties, and then you went somewhere really interesting. And I was fixated for a moment on what I think is one of our problems as people is, I believe you said that we all have these thoughts and these 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 emotions and these insecurities, and I agree with that. And I think in large part, our problem in humanity could be that we all think our problems are the most important. 
and they are to us because there are problems. Absolutely. But I think where the, the disconnect comes in or the actual problem comes in is, and this, this, I'm trying to tie this to forgiveness. We think we deserve to be forgiven for our problems because, Hey, Mm -hmm. this shit's going on in my life. How dare you blame me? Don't you understand what's going on? Whereas we don't do it to others. I think we have such egos that we're, we think we're so self-important. You don't understand my childhood. You don't understand what I've been through. I, I deserve to feel this way, be this way, be this angry, be that whatever our faults are, we can excuse them away and we don't have to do it to others because, well, why don't you get over your shit? And the reality of the situation, I think, is we all need to get over our own shit and Absolutely. not Absolutely. blame or judge others. I think we've already said that kind of already tonight. Yeah. Well, like I said, you you <laughs> it just kept going. I'm like, this is fascinating, but he's also losing me because I don't know where yeah, I can't yeah. keep up. Well, well, well I, what it was, you know, here's the thing. When it comes to what was going on today, and today might not be a good example of it, but when I see people who are like anti-maskers and anti-this and feel like their rights are being infringed upon, there's something in their in their psychological DNA that told them that any kind of thing that appears to be like that and is, is in not convenient for them is somehow an infringement upon their rights. Yeah. Not being able to walk around with an AK-47 is like they the take it right personal. to bear. Right. It's like, what? So you think that it's perfectly, you think that that's what they meant. Like it's, and it's this, this, this ability to like pick and choose, right? Here, they meant this literally, so we're going to follow it literally. Here, they were just being figurative, right? It's like, okay, but when they said the right to bear arms, that was when you had a gun and you shot it and a BB flew out of it. And then you had to take a thing and pack it again and then put a ball in it and then shoot it. That's what it was. It wasn't like turtle shooting with AK-47s, you know what I mean? Well, it's, like, it's, it's, you know. it's the same analogy as freedom of speech doesn't mean you get to walk into a restaurant and yell fire. I mean, right, exactly. We, we figured that one out. Right. Why we are so stymied by the gun one is impressive yeah. in a way. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Sad, and, this, and, I'm, and I'm all for the I'm all for the right to protect yourself and the right to bear arms. I think it's perfectly reasonable if people carry guns, if we give our people a different psychological makeup. Because when they say things like, well, everybody in Switzerland has a gun, yep. And everybody at 18 has to join the army and yep. everybody has to do this and everybody has to Training. do this too. Yep. And, it, and they're also, it's socialist, which means it has a different kind of sense of community and a different kind of sense of everything. And there's a, there's a sense of interdependence and blah, 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 blah. And this yep. is the other thing and so forth and so on. And just like people, there's no drinking age in France practically. And yet the amount of drunk driving accidents that 18 year olds have is significantly less than over here. Why is that? They've been drinking since they're 12. Why do they smash out of blessed cars? It's like, cause we're wired funny. Like Americans are wired, like not funny, but like everybody's wiring, like our pre-adaptability, we've adapted to a certain kind of mindset. And they've adapted to another kind of mindset. And other people, like culturally speaking, there's a cultural ethos, I would say, that America has that makes us 
irresponsible with certain things like drugs, alcohol, uh, guns, these things that in other places, they have other problems. The things that we handle really well, they fuck up royally. You know what I mean? And we go, why? What's wrong with these people? How can they just can't get this boy in these other countries? They just can't get that shit together. But over here, we have this other dysfunction that is just baked into our culture. This right to kill people. This right to take shit that you, you know what I mean? This like, we have these things that have been baked into our culture that feel like rights. And they're not rights. They're beliefs. Do you know what I mean? Right? It's not a, you know, well, it's not a right. It's a belief. It's not the belief same in a thing. piece of paper that says it's a right. That's right. It's a, it's a right, but it's like, and I'm not arguing that the Bible isn't true. Well, I was talking when, the Constitution. I know, but okay. when but when people say that, how do you know the Bible is true? Well, because it says it's true. I'm yeah. like, okay, that can't be the reason. Well, right? it is for many, but I'm right. let's not even right. get down that path. <laughs> You know, like you can't tell me that the Bible is true because it says it's true. That's not a reason. I'm not saying there aren't lots of other reasons that you could say that might be valid. That's not one of them. You know what I mean? And like this idea that a bunch of dudes could just write down some shit on a piece of paper and say, because we wrote this down, that makes it true. We're the founding fathers. And then for the next 10,000 years, everybody has to abide by that. Are you mad? Like, that's insanity. And, yeah. I mean, that's insanity. Speaking of your boy Jesus, that's what he was supposed to come about for. Because he was like, the Mosaic law is done. We need a new one now. I am now the official sacrifice, so we don't have to follow Mosaic law anymore. And Donald Trump is fat, white, beer, drinking, cheeseburger, eating Jesus. <laughs> he really is. Comes- <laughs> And to bring this full circle before we sign off. Us from our tyranny. <laughs> he, but that is how he was raised. That's who he is. People wonder mm-hmm. how he can be that way. But when you Absolutely. are given everything for your whole life, he is. And treated like shit. What's that? And treated like shit. And treated like shit. I heard his dad was a real fucking yeah. Yeah, well, he, he's that was he, a real fucking asshole. Like, he's entitled, and, but has a weak ego, and let, it's it's right. I mean, I mean, it's in a so, way, it's obvious. That's the thing. Well, continue. I was just Don't gonna say, in in, in in a way, he 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 deserves pity. I mean, he's he's a fucking rich piece of shit president of the state. All the way, but he's also a very sad human being. He elicits anger in me and i don't like that i should pity him i can't really bring myself to but i understand that even as someone as awful as him i mean probably deserves empathy i don't know why but it just seems like the only way to get past all this bullshit is to find a way to empathize with someone that horrible I get stuck I mean, on anger, but that's just me. I'm not angry. I, 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 I have detached I mean, amusement to most of it, but yeah. But I think you're. But this is we. We often get to this point, you know. Like at the end of the day, everyone suffers. Everybody's life is hard in some way, shape, or form. Whether that person be rich and white and beautiful, or 
Mexican and poor and beautiful. I don't want to say anybody's ugly, you know, because that's rude. But no, I'm kidding. Poor, poor but white you know fashion I mean? and right. beautiful Selma Hayek. Reverse the two. Right, right. exactly. Right. Like, like, like everybody suffers, you know what I mean? Like everybody has hard times in life and everybody like loses people they care about and has traumatic shit happen to them no matter what. And I think in that way, everyone deserves their own humanity, right? Like we need to see people as human, whether they are our enemy or not, our enemy, whether they are on the opposite side of the field or not, they're still human beings who have a life that suffer. Like when that, like what you said, when that guy got shot, when the woman got shot today, you were like, that's somebody's daughter. And it's like, when I heard them out of empathy that came out of people's mouths when that happened, and again, not to make this uber political, but I was like, yeah, Breonna Taylor, somebody's daughter too. And she was literally just chilling on her couch. Do you know what I mean? Like she wasn't doing anything from what I understand. She, it was a mistake. And I get that it was a mistake, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't deserve compassion. And that she's not also somebody's daughter. And while we have to understand that it was a mistake in this country, we have a real big ethic of somebody needs to pay. That's our motto. Somebody has to pay. Yeah. Right? Like, that's how we justify 90% of what we do. They blew up our ship. They got to pay. They blew up our building. They got to pay. They did this. They got to pay. Generally, it means we want their oil. But but at the end of the day, we have a real ethic of that. But when it it comes, and this is, again, when Black people say we don't feel like people see us as human, it's when Black people get shot, there's always a reason to justify it. And when there's a justifiable reason to shoot a white person, they're like, oh my God, what are you doing? Uh, we're, we're just breaking into a federal building where, <laughs> where all the leaders of our country are. And, and, and I'm not saying that that woman doesn't deserve pity because this is, again, I feel bad. I, do, I don't feel pity for them because right. they're not pitiful people. But I feel, I, feel, I feel bad that their beliefs led them to think that they weren't going to get shot when they walked in there. Because I would have never done that. I would have assumed that if I did that, I'd get shot. Do you know what I mean? And now people go, that's just ridiculous. You're just being whatever, thinking the cops are going to shoot you because you're black. I'm like, no, they're going to shoot me because I'm being a criminal. And I deserve, not I deserve to get shot, but I'm putting myself in a position in which I could very easily be shot, justifiably so. And yet when they are in that very position, when they say to black people, do what you're told, listen to the police, hands at 10 and two. If you just did what you're told, you wouldn't get shot. And then they're breaking in a building and getting shot and think that that's reasonable, think that that's unfair. That's where racism comes to bite them in the ass because they believe that they actually, they were shocked. Yeah. Like I heard the comment, they were shocked. And I'm like, man, you guys have no fucking clue what is going on here. And I feel like they need to be like we need to show them compassion because the idea that you're bulletproof or that the you know what I mean, or that you should be allowed to break in and, and kidnap senators or do it whatever the fuck, what were they getting in there? What are they gonna do? Hold them. What the fuck was their plan? I <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like we're gonna bust in and run through the halls and TP the place. I don't think or they had like, a plan, but I just looked something up and let's end on this. I I was glancing at my phone because I wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy. I remembered a story. I just took a two. The story's there doesn't mean you're not crazy, but continue. True. 
just took a two-word Google to talk about you, you, you again started here and ended up here. And I want to <laughs> stick to here with empathy and forgiveness. And, and um, uh, it was 2007, according to the article. You remember there was a, a shooter that went into an Amish school and he shot 10 young girls and killed five of them. You remember that? Vaguely, yes. Do you remember what happened next? Because this is what I really wanted to Google. Mm-hmm. The Amish community, he killed himself. Oh, didn't they forgive him or something? They reached out to his family yeah. and talked to his mother and said, we forgive your son. Like, insane empathy there. Like, not just, yeah. I mean, they made the statement. They said, we forgive him his actions. He must have been in a lot of pain to do what he did. But they went so far as to make it personal with his family. And I don't know if you can label something as gold star forgiveness, but that's probably about as close as you can be it. I mean, if that, if that, if that could, if that's the bar, we're yeah. all pretty short. We fall many, many of, I, I fall short. I won't yeah, say I, I, I fall well short, but short. well, we're talking about trying to forgive the people today. And, and, and that's an, that's an ego talking to, to forgive these people for what they did today, because they're probably saying, Hey, you know, they're on the other side saying we can't forgive you for being liberal pieces of shit and hating America. I mean, that's the problem is you have two sides that both think they're ultimately right. And somehow we need to find a way to be Amish and just forgive everything. And I, that's a stupid statement, but hopefully you get the gist I'm trying to give as we say goodnight. I mean, I think you're, you're hundred percent correct. I mean, that's the thing. When I look at the people today, I do feel bad for them. I feel like I wish that Like, I wish that people would take their suffering seriously. Like, when I say the things I say about white people, it's not out of anger. It's all, and it's not out of pity either. It's out of understanding that, like, as much as black people have been duped and brainwashed, so have white people. White people have been duped and brainwashed also. And we have to understand that there isn't a right and a wrong. There's a set of beliefs, and those beliefs no longer work. And we need to find the common ground. We need to find the things that we all do agree on and build from there. And but but we're taught to be judgmental and critical. Do you know I mean like we're taught to do the opposite of gratitude and forgiveness? And that's you know what, what we mean? need to see past. Yeah, and it's just it's just it's not easy, but I but I, I think it's possible. You know what I mean? And that's like you know, I really think that there's something I don't know we can do about it, but I really do think it's possible. We can do this podcast and hope people listen to it and learn from us because Indeed. we're pretty yeah, fucking man. awesome. I think we just <laughs> call it forgiveness. Well, I mean, it, it's really, it's, it's our humility that makes us so great. Yes. <laughs> hey, um, I, I have a, a good news, bad news for the listeners as, as we sign off for the viewers. Um, I, I said this on the audio version of the podcast with Jake, um, but it really comes into you know, narrows into focus here. Uh, this Saturday on the 9th, you have a decision to make, viewers. I know that most of you, an overwhelm- overwhelming majority of you, probably 99% of you, live near Platteville, Wisconsin. So, that being the case, I have a gig there on Saturday and come see me. Now, 
The Katie Henry Band is also doing a virtual performance on Facebook, a live stream, which which Barrett will be a part of. And if for some reason you don't happen to live near Platteville, then you can find Katie Henry, uh, the Katie Henry Band on Facebook, wherever you live and watch his virtual yes. performance. But yes. The one percent of you that don't live there, that don't live do near Platteville, Wisconsin, can watch the Zoom event. Yes. Otherwise, uh, the Arthur House Saturday, the ninth, uh, at eight p.m. in Arthur, Wisconsin, right outside of Platteville, or Katie Henry Band on Facebook Live, also on the ninth. Uh, visit Katie Henry Band Music for the exact start time. All right, my friend. Good talking to you. Yeah, you as well. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm not going to go past the fuck out now. I'm so tired. It's silly. You're talking about <laughs> bags under your eyes. Visit <laughs> antargoodwin.com. Visit nathantimogod.com. Oh <laughs> Bye. Like death warmed over. <laughs> I'll see you later.